So today is a little show and tell for the homily. Number of years ago when I went to the Holy Land, part of the tour was to go to the site of the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes. And there now is a church built around the fourth century Byzantine style and has these magnificent mosaics on the floor representing the loaves and the fish. And when we had gone in, um, you know, you're just kind of just stunned by the architecture and you're looking at it all and you kind of wind your way around and then finally you get to the place on the floor where these mosaics live. And I was the photographer in my group. And so I was the one always holding us up, taking pictures of everything. So I had taken my pictures and kind of soaked it all in and then continued, just moved on. And just felt like, you know, all right, I've seen it. This is great, wonderful, this is lovely. And then as I was walking, continuing through the church, I heard someone kind of fall and really it was a woman she was falling to her knees and she was sobbing she was crying and in my 30 year old not quite understanding brain i didn't understand why she was crying that emotional i mean it's the feeding of the 5000 i get it it's a miracle it's it's a powerful story but is it something so much that we need to fall to our knees and cry about? I don't know. Our gospel picks up today after the feeding of the 5,000. And there are three verses from last week. We ended on chapter um, verse 21. We pick up at verse 23 or 24 today. I'm going to read you the verses that were omitted. So he feeding the 5,000, and Jesus walks on the water. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the lake saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got, got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after, after the Lord had given thanks." So we pick up and everyone is kind of trying to figure out how did Jesus get to this side of the lake? They don't quite understand it. And so our gospel, and I know that there was some confusion that the lessons today were the same lessons as last week. And unfortunately, we're going to hear a lot about bread over the next month. This is called the bread discourse in the Gospel of John. So this chapter 6 in John is all about bread. So after about a month's time, hopefully we are not gluten-free. Um, but, um, so but it's so important because what John is doing is expanding our understanding and helping us understand why the feeding of the 5,000 is so important, but then also why Jesus is the bread of life. And so those three verses that were omitted don't seem very important, but they are because they are foundational in the sixth chapter to help us understand a tension that resides in there. And there's this pattern that Jesus says or does something that is puzzling or amazing. And it goes back and forth, puzzling or amazing. 
And in this case, the puzzle is that they are looking for Jesus, but they don't find him. And they didn't know about the walking on the water because they didn't see that happen. That was just with Jesus and his disciples. And they saw the disciples get in the boat, but not Jesus. And this act establishes a mystery that is present. And it establishes that mystery that is found in the five loaves and the two fish. And it establishes the mystery that is part of who Jesus is. And without that puzzle and without that mystery, the rest of the story doesn't have that same energy. And so the crowd is hungry. And they're hungry for so many different things, but they don't quite understand what they're hungry for. And they think they're hungry for the bread. They think that's what they're hungry for because they had this amazing meal and they had their fill and there was so much left over. And so they go to Jesus and they're asking him, we want more. But he helps clarify for them what they are wanting. And he asks them questions and they're asking him questions and it goes back and forth, back and forth. And so he challenges them and says, what are you really looking for? What, what do you really want? And they're like, well, we want this bread from heaven. We want this, this stuff that our ancestors got, that Moses gave. And so he helps them understand, well, it's not about what your ancestors got. It's not about that bread because that bread is limited. It's finite. The bread that I am going to give to you will be forever. And of course, they ask, what are the signs? What are the acts in which we have to do in order to receive them? And you know what? I think we would do the same thing if we were in their situation. How will we know? Because we've never seen anything like this. How will we know when it's the time, when we're right, when everything's going to come together? And so he helps transform their curiosity into true understanding when he says, I am the bread which our Father is sending. You have to trust and believe in me, and then you will receive. I am the bread of life. So I think about that woman who's on the floor sobbing, looking at the mosaics. And is it really, is it really that powerful? Is it that emotional? to be sobbing, to have that experience? And I think the answer is yes. I think what she saw and I now see in my wisdom, and you all probably understand as well, is that the compassion that Jesus showed during the feeding of the 5,000, inviting everyone to receive, because that 5,000 really wasn't 5,000. It was much more, because they don't talk about all the women and children that were there as well. So 7,000, 8,000, 9,000 people received, and there was enough to feed that much more left over. Everybody was welcome, those who had and those who didn't, those who felt worthy and who were not. Everybody was invited to that table. So the compassion that he showed to those 5,000 on that hillside is powerful because it's the same compassion that we seek and desire in our own life. And the compassion that Jesus shows 
to us on the cross by giving up his own life is what we pray for and we give thanks for and we are filled by. You know, we come to church as pilgrims on a journey and we come and we seek compassion and light and food in the prayers we pray, in the music we listen to, in the food we eat at that table. And so we move from this place of listening and learning to one of action when we kneel at the rail and we open our hands and they are filled with Jesus's compassion. And we eat that bread and we drink that wine and we are nourished and filled in a way that really doesn't fill our bellies. I know I could still eat a big old breakfast. But it's filled with the seeds of compassion so that they grow inside of us, so that we can go out and be compassion to be Jesus' hands and feet in the world. Compassion should be inherent and easy for all of us, but it takes practice. It takes work because we're in a world where compassion isn't the number one trait. We're in a world where compassion is pushed to the side, but it's our job as disciples and pilgrims on this journey to look for those magical, powerful places where compassion is present, where compassion is born, where compassion is part of the bread of life. So as you are fed today, know that you are being fed for the journey. Know that the power of the bread of life that Jesus gives to us is eternal. For he has given it to us freely and fully because we are his. Amen.